The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I'm Arielle Laurie, host of the Blonde Files podcast, where every Wednesday I cover all things wellness. After nearly dying from drugs and alcohol six years ago, I've been on a mission to live my best, most fulfilled life, and I'm sharing everything with you. From how to achieve optimal health, well-being, and fulfillment, to the best beauty tips and even cosmetic procedures, I cover it all with raw, candid conversations with experts and inspirational guests. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to You're Gonna Love Me. Well, today... For the second time, I have with me Sarah Nicole Landry in person, in studio. Yeah. I'm so excited. Hi. Hi. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm, yes, I'm very happy to meet you. I know. I feel like I have met you before. But... I feel that with like almost everybody I'm friends with on the internet now. And it, <laughs> But it also gives me legitimacy because I probably have told like five people, I'm like, yeah, I'm friends with her. And now I get to be like, yeah, I'm friends with her. I've like literally touched, I've like literally like touched her body that sounds wrong <laughs> i like hugged you once and that's like that's good that now now it's real once you have the in flesh meeting yeah now it's a real thing and then it's real yeah. yeah well also i just feel like because you just you know your your stories and you share so much of your like personal life and everything mm-hmm. that like you know just it's easy to to relate to you but speaking of your stories so you posted today mm. about the Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie are on we Netflix. Go there? We're gonna go there. We are All gonna right. go there because I'm in full Christmas mode. Yeah. Because I start celebrating on Halloween at twelve oh one. Like Oh, you're one of those. Yeah, I'm one of okay. I, I'm one of them. Okay, okay. I love that. So have you watched the movie yet? I've watched it twice. Okay. So you're a fan. I'm I love it. Yes. I love it because it ticked all the boxes. All of the boxes. It was so good. I had okay. I was I went in managing my expectations. They mm-hmm. were on the floor because I was like, you know what, Lindsay's my girl. Yeah, I love Lindsay, but I was like, I don't want to go in with even though the, it looked really good. I don't want to go in, you know, with my ex- expectations too high because. Yeah, you know. I know what you felt. Um, but I was I was, I was like, but this is a Christmas movie, mm-hmm. and yeah. it it looks like a cheesy movie, and it literally delivered on every level. Yes, and like. She's such a good actress that she can <laughs> act as a bad actress. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. there is a, when people talk about Christmas movies and holiday movies and they were like, it was so bad. I'm like, that's the point. The point is that it's bad. I watched one where they had, they're often low budget. And I think that's what, there's like a charm to that, that we've come to know and love. But I watched one where the main character woman was sitting in like a Brookstone in a Barca lounger that was supposed to be like a massage chair. Clearly they didn't have the budget for the actual chair. So they put her in like a normal (laughs) recliner with a TV remote. You can tell it's a TV remote. It has channels on it. And she sits there and she vibrates her body and fakes (laughs) that she's in the chair. And I tell you, that (laughs) is the brilliance of a holiday movie. So in the Falling for Christmas Lindsay Lohan movie, 
they played into all of that. They played into the joke of it. They played into the charm of it. The scene where she's blow drying her hair, but it's like perfect ringlets. I was like, they get it. They got it. And everyone, and then the critics, the actual movie critics who have no idea what they're talking about because they've never considered this a real genre is just like, oh, it's terrible acting, terrible storyline, terrible stuff. But no, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. It was funny. Yes. I, like the Santa Claus in it. Or oh the guy, oh, sorry, he wasn't Santa Claus, but like, you know, he's he Santa. Like Santa. The, the man that worked at the like, little flea market thing or whatever, he was like the perfectly cast man yes. to play. Like his, the blue eyes, the white beard, yep. you know who we were talking about. The little girl. Yeah, we have a we, main character, like a widower. widower. Yeah, always. Yes. In a Christmas lodge that's running out of business. There's a business always about to die. There's a troubled business. Yes. With, with a family, you know, and then there's someone that makes a wish. So yep. we have the element of like, you know, Christmas magic that's oh, happening. Yeah. And then we have the, you know, the overboard movie type of plot line that comes in of like someone losing her memory. Yeah, um, rich girl who gets humbled girl. by the Christmas lodge. And then, of course, you know, suddenly her memory comes back. She's like, wait. That is my name. Oh, my God. I yeah. remember who I am. Bye. Yeah, literally, she was like, <laughs> oh, my name's not Sarah. It's Sierra. And she's like, peace, like, leaves. She's like, like oh, was. dad. Yeah, I forgot about you. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I got to go home now. Thanks, everyone. Bye. What I love in a lot of holiday movies, and they've been doing this more and more, is they don't have a true villain. It's more of like a woman who has like two, it's very notebooky of them, where they're yes. like, there's two good choices here. Like, she wouldn't have had a bad life with the other one. It just clearly wasn't. It wasn't the choice for her. And I'm not going to spoil the movie for everyone, but there is no villain in the movie. No. And this is why I love every movie on Hallmark, because mm. once again, there's no real villain. They just make you feel good. Yes. Are they cheesy? Yes. Are they predictable? Absolutely. Yeah. The storylines, it's either like it's big city girl goes home to her hometown and, you know, the ex-boyfriend <laughs> runs the Christmas tree lot, you know, and he's, you know, he's he runs it because... You know, grandpa can't do it anymore. So I'm yeah. taking over, yeah. you know, and she's like, oh, my God, swoon. <laughs> you know, meanwhile, her fiance, you know, is, is back in the big city because he's, you know, trying to do the merger so he gets the partnership. <laughs> and she's also like coming here to shut down the Christmas tree lot because, yeah. you know, his merger like is actually, a whole movie. His merger is actually coming <laughs> there to build a skyscraper on the Christmas tree lot. <laughs> You know, but she's falling in love with him. And she's yeah. like, oh my God, but this Christmas tree also means something to me. You know, it's, it's it's so predictable, but it's so good. Oh my gosh. You know what? There has been a psychologist that actually studied why we watch reruns so much. And it's because with predictable endings, when, it, when it's a show that we've known and seen so many times, we know what's going to happen. So mm -hmm. it's really good if you're anxious or if you're struggling with that. Like that's why we watch some things over and over again, because there's a deep comfort to them. I think that's why we love holiday movies, because one, there is that like slight twist of character storylines and stuff, but ultimately it's following a formula that brings us comfort. We know that there's never going to be like a bad ending to any of these. It's a, it's a Christmas comfort and tradition that Netflix played into perfectly. 100%. Yep. I, like I gave it 10 bells. Like it's my <laughs> highest movie review rating that I give over the holiday season. I almost bestowed it the never before seen like Christmas star. But I was like, wow. hold on. This is the beginning of the season. So I might come back at the end of the season and be like, you know what? It needed it. There's some ones coming out that I'm like, oh, the, there's some, uh, the Tiffany's one. Tiffany's. Oh. oh, that one I think might. Yep. 
That one, one is a that one is a, a different sort of a Christmas story, but very very good still following this whole rule because it's a story of people's mistaken Christmas gifts going to the wrong one. One's an engagement ring, and one's like just a normal earrings or something. We don't ever see the box, and so when they go to exchange them back, there's a little bit of a spark, and now everything's up in the air. Yeah, I'm so excited. I just so got, excited. I just got goosebumps. I know these stories. Well, I tell do you. you do you write the movie taglines for these? No, I wish I did. I actually have an entire Christmas movie that I have written. And by entirety, I mean, I just have the idea for it. And I've put out, I, there's there's a lot of work involved with it, but I am looking for a screenwriter and then we're going to like pitch it because I, I also, this is how far I've gone down this rabbit hole. You spoke about the Christmas tree farm. I actually, my husband and I wanted to and tried to buy a Christmas tree farm because we thought, We'll run this as our like life. This is this will be our new job in life. And in the summertime on the off season or even on the on season, we'll let people film Christmas movies there. And then I'll constantly be an extra in all of the holiday movies. It was the perfect oh. dream come true, but somebody else bought it. So that dream is dead. Oh. We actually had our realtor like go to other Christmas tree farms with like letters. And he was like, yeah, like people, people are like handing down their like Christmas tree farms by like generation by generation. I'm like, I know the story. It's a tale as old as time. I just want them to sell it to me. Yeah. So my generation's going to have And then it. you could have the handsome hunk or the I big know. city marketing person come in and t- come down and tell you how you diversify I know. your set by, by also selling cider. <sighs> that was a plot. I a actually line. had a, I wanted to have an alpaca Christmas <gasps> farm. What? I, what? I know, I know. But then this is so, oh my god! I wonder if I dreamt this to be true. I need to Google it right now. I Googled and I swear to goodness that alpacas eat Christmas trees. Oh my God. I need to they Google like to carrots. see if that's a real thing. Yes. Alpacas dine out on donated Christmas tree feasts. What a perfect cycle <laughs> that I would have created with my Christmas tree alpaca farm <laughs> slash movie set. There wouldn't yeah. be any Christmas trees by Christmas time. No, it's perfect because you just get all the, like after people are done with them, they bring back their tree and then the alpacas oh, will eat them. We have to keep the new ones separate. From yeah, the them. new ones would have to be separate. We'll protect everybody. It'll be great. But yeah. <laughs> they have to live in harmony still. So know? I've taken the Christmas movie as far as like, it's actually becoming the plot of my own life. No, I've, I've, I have written a Christmas tree Listen, movie though, and I'm going to hopefully get it done. I romanticize my life so much. <laughs> So much to These the movies point don't help <laughs> to the point where I'm like, oh, like watching Nora Ephron and Nancy Myers and, you know, these women that work, work at these like really great like bookstores mm-hmm. or like little cafes. Yes. Well, I am opening a sandwich shop yep. now yep. that is like literally modeled. Like I want the interiors to look like every Nancy Myers interior. And you know what's going to happen is film crews are going to be like, <laughs> can we film our Christmas movie in your sandwich shop? And you're going to be like, yeah. And then you're going to that it's just going to feed into mm-hmm. the dream. Be like, give me money. Yeah, of course. They have to <laughs> yeah. like shut you down for a day. No, They're going to have to pay for that. We want it to be sick, sickeningly beautiful. Like, it's just like, we want it to be like, can we get married here? Like, we, uh, like oh, but also like so cozy and so timeless, like not trendy, not current. Yes. But like, it is like, this place feels so like you're nostalgic. Stepping, yeah, we're stepping into the mm-hmm. holiday movie. We're stepping into <sighs> the romance movie. But yeah, I, I romance my life so much that like, I also dream about like a handsome man coming in and just like, kismet like you know what i mean i feel like that's porn like that's the beginning it's por- of porn it, it is my <laughs> porn but it's it's not it is it's it's hallmark porn it's hallmark porn <laughs> it's hallmark porn yes no 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 i i i 
I didn't even know that this was something that other people did. But like if I see people even like waiting for the bus and there's like somebody else like waiting near them, I'll be like, I wonder if their hands are going to touch and they're going to be like <laughs> missed connections. Like I so, but I do it for other people too, where I, where I imagine what they're waiting for and like where they're going to work. Like I create storylines for random people on the street. Yeah. You never know. Well, I, I've been creating storylines for me and people I haven't met, mm-hmm, but you mm-hmm. know, on my explore page on Instagram, when I see a handsome man, yeah, and I'm like, imagine if we met, it'd be over, <laughs> and the life that we would have together. And then I'm like, oh, he's girlfriend, never mind. <laughs> Maybe you need to be starting creeping some more Christmas tree farm accounts. Well, let me reality just, TV I, star. I gotta, I gotta open up a sandwich shop first. No, but so I did Sarah's podcast mm-hmm. as well, and we were talking about you know just like dating and things like that. But and <laughs> I recently bought some. This is an embarrassing story. I bought some like pottery from this a local pottery guy. Oh my god, I'm already and, in. And. Yep. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God. He's Did he act- have long hair? No. Oh, okay. I was like, he's actually like very <laughs> attractive. I was like, wow, okay. So I DM'd him one day. I was like, so I. <laughs> you DM? My eyes are so wide. No, well, first of all, first of all, I got my, I got like that sent to me very quickly, obviously, because it's like in LA. I'm like, okay, that, you know, was really fast. And then it, like, there was like two extra little things that like he included. I was like, oh my <gasps> God, do you love me? I'm just kidding. It was we, just like a nice thing. Yeah. But no, but it was like, I was like, oh my God, he's, but he's also like really, really cute. So like, yeah. what do I do? So I like DM him one day, like a few days later, I waited and I was like, so I really like your face. <laughs> Are you single? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And I was, something, I don't remember what it was exactly, but he's no, he said, I'm dating a little or something. I was like, that's not really an answer to my question or something. I don't know. But then I was just like, we should like, it was a like, great, I love that for us or something. And then I was like, we should have a drink. I don't know. I like shot my shot and it didn't really fucking no. land anywhere. But you know what? My stupid head wrote a little story. No, keep it- writing those stories. You're going to get to write one of these days because think about it. I love that you could end up with somebody who is like, when I look at the, the most I shouldn't call them successful marriages because then it's calling the ones that don't work out failed. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that yet. However, a lot of them marry people outside of the industry and they live like these very happy lives. I could see you ending up with like a potter or a Christmas tree farm man. I mean, that could be a thing. I think that I like, I'm into that kind of story. Yeah. I think that's a, it's kind of like a sexy trade. I would rather be hopeful and loving and romantic and be wrong than not be those things. Yeah. Right? I'd rather than be practical. Yeah. Imagine like looking at somebody who's a handsome (laughs) potter and not having a thought about that. Like that sounds so boring. I know. I think you need to keep, I think you need to keep romanticizing life. I'm going to keep romanticizing life because you know what? Life hasn't been so romantic as of late. I want to ask you because I feel like you have been so inspirational mm. to me and to like so many people, obviously, let's face it. When it comes to, you know, your relationship with, you know, whether it's body image or your body, but also, you know, you've been divorced. Obviously, yeah. And um, remarried. And, you know, I've, I've read on your blog or your post and I know it's been, you know, these aren't like current things, but talking about like some fears that you had or that we all have Mm -hmm. coming out of divorce and that we have dating or even, you know, finding love again. And it's like, I mean, what do you, what do you do or how, what can we all do to 
combat those kinds of fears, whether it's like trusting again or not, you know, finding that worth. Yeah, I I mean, it's hard. I think that what I recognized is if I'm going to outline something that was a failure within my first marriage, it was a failure to see my worth. It was a failure to see my value. And that fed into a very long series of me failing myself. And I think that the marriage ending was a byproduct of something that was so deeply rooted within me, which was my value was so much. I was married to somebody who was an athlete and I was a chubby girl. I grew up the Mm -hmm. chubby girl. I always was. So imagine my shock and surprise when an athlete likes me and takes a liking to me. I immediately made myself what I thought that they wanted and got married, got engaged at, started dating them at 17, got engaged at 18, was married at 19 and pregnant by 20. I had three kids by the time I was 25 and then divorced living back at mom and dad's house at 30. So when it came to like all the fears, it was like, how could I possibly trust myself to ever make a good decision again? I have led myself and my children down a path that I now am digging myself out of. And a lot of it was rooted in it. I actually was just unpacking this with another person, but like, there's a huge part of me that understands that I lost weight before getting divorced because I would have felt more received into the world if I were thin. Mm -hmm. When I look back on when I first wanted a divorce, it is very closely in line with when I began drastically dieting. I saw my body so linked to my worth that I must have tapped into a form of me that thought I was worthless as I was and that I needed to become something acceptable and quote unquote beautiful in the world's eyes to be able to go back out in the world. At the same time, I don't think I ever thought that I would get married again. I think after how hard that was, I was very okay with like, if I can just get myself financially on my feet with my three kids, I'm fulfilled. Like I'm good. And I think that it wasn't necessarily that I was fulfilled. I was exhausted. Mm -hmm. I was exhausted by, I was exhausted in my body. I was exhausted as a human. I was exhausted as a mother. I was exhausted as a wife. I couldn't imagine wanting to go into that again. I also only ever had one experience in a marriage. And I've unpacked this a lot too, where people really, they label marriage like as marriage and like as if it's like a job or as if it's like some repeated thing that's like, like it's like every McDonald's hamburger, they're all, they're (laughs) all the same, but a little bit different, right? They're not like, it's comparing apples to oranges when we talk about the human experience that is marriage. And the fact that over and over, I have to remind myself like marriage is a union of two humans. So the experience of it is not something that can be blanketed. So when you talk about marriage or when you experience marriage and then you're like, marriage is shit, marriage is hard, marriage is this. I've been in two marriages now and I can't compare them because they're two totally different experiences. But based on when I left, my experience wasn't a great one. So the idea of going back into a marriage was like, the idea of going back into all of these really hard things. So I just didn't envision that for myself, which made it incredibly weird for me when I met somebody that I saw a future with. And I became very jealous at first. I was like very weird about him ever having exes because as I was married for 11 years and with somebody for 13 years, 
he was married for a short time, but dating a lot of people. So I had this, oh. oh my God, like he's had so much life experience and I've had none. And I thought that I would be cool about it. And then I was not cool about it at all. I had to work through, a, like I had a lot of fears and I also, I also lived them out in really weird ways. I compared, it led into even worse body image stuff too because he had dated girls that were thinner than me. I just lost a hundred pounds. I was at the thinnest I could possibly have been. I was literally a size zero, but one of his exes were smaller than me. So I was like, I have to make it, I have to get even smaller. I was becoming obsessive with becoming this perfect version of myself. And what I think has been the most beautiful part of the whole story, it was when I actually like got to the point of like letting it all go that I found myself feeling fulfilled in myself and fulfilled in relationship and being able to trust who I am and the worth that I bring and it not being so dependent on what I look like or all of these other things that I thought were, I used to like, when I was single in that in-between time, I was like, I would Google how to give the best blowjobs because I thought, (laughs) My vagina must be shit. I've given birth three times. By the way, it's not. I asked him. But (laughs) that's what I had in my head. I'm like used up. I've had these three children. I've been married for a really long time. And I need to be so good at one thing to make me valuable. So I was like, I will be the best at blowjobs. And I read article after article. There was no Gluck Gluck 3000 podcast episode (laughs) for me back then. So I was like... It was it was ancient times where you just Googled about it and you read articles. But yeah, it was a huge oh journey of like of finding my worth while dating in real time. Did you date a lot or like? No, shame was the second. Like I didn't really, I dated, well, my parents don't know this. So hopefully they never listen. I don't know why I feel like it's a secret from them. It's just dumb. I had one person that I was seeing just like very casually for like the first little while And I think that was really good for me. I think it was really good to have something. I had to get like something out of my system and like own my body again. And that Mm -hmm. was like a really powerful thing for me, especially like as somebody who's like very virginal getting married the first time and like came from a little bit of like (laughs) that ideal. So it was really cool to kind of like take back my body in a sense. And then from there, I, I basically was single and I met Shane, my best friend who I was working with at a serving job was also single. And Shane had also just gone through a breakup. So the three of us hung out and we, we were basically raising my, like, I was so focused on the kids and there's always stuff going on for them. And so like the three of us did so much for the children, but my kids like were magnetic to Shane. And like, I, as I romanticize everything in life. This <laughs> makes this story less romantic because now you know that I think that even men that hold doors open for me will marry me one day. But <laughs> I literally saw Shane the first time and like in my heart, I was like, he's going to be important. But I had no desire to date. I did no desire to marry anybody, but I knew he was going to be in my life. Like there was a weird moment, call it God, call it universe, call it inner voice. I don't know what it was, but like I knew he would be in my life. I didn't know what context in. So I was really happy when there was like another person coming and like coming alongside me and raising these kids and they loved him. And they really were like, do you like my mom? Do you like this? And eventually it was like, yeah, I, I don't even know if we have like an anniversary. We kind of just like slipped into it and really never 
looked back, obviously there was like some rocky starts to it and a lot of like working through my fears in real time. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we've been married for four years now. So we got married and then pandemic happened. So most of our marriage was in the context of actually being like stuck at home together too, which was a really interesting experiment. We like each other, which is good. Well, that's important. I mean, I, I'm trying to pinpoint if I like have fears surrounding Mm. dating or, you know, I mean, I think about I've been asked a million times if I'd get married again. Mm. And I don't, I mean, truthfully, I have no idea. I think it would depend on yeah, the person. Again, it's two human experiences. How can yeah. you, like, to put marriage in a box of, like, would you get married again? Like, how can you put that in? You haven't even met the other human. You don't even yeah. know what that union is. I mean, I don't, from where I'm sitting by myself right here, to be like, it, I don't know. I'll tell you this right now. Divorce sucks. And divorce I would, sucks. I would really prefer to never have to get divorced again. Yeah. And so if that means not getting married, to not have to get divorced, then like maybe I don't want to. But I don't know. If I met someone and like they really, really wanted to marry me, then I'd probably want to marry them too. Yeah. I don't know. But like I'm over here solo. So oh, I don't know. It's it's so hard. Do you, do you think... Is it just because, you know, he's just a totally different person and you're a totally different person now that that is attributing to to this marriage as being a completely different experience? Or what do you think? Yeah, I it is it is definitely part compatibility. I think it's also that we both have a different kind of love. I think I very much recognize similar to I relate it to the way I feel about my body because I've had to sort of like sort through that so much. But I think we all expect to love ourselves in the way that we get like butterfly. Like we want to look in the mirror and be like, yes, I love me. I love what I look like. And the reality is like, that's such a fleeting thing if it ever happens at all. Mm -hmm. And it's not unlike the relationships we have in the rest of the world. Like I don't have butterflies in my belly, about my mom, but sometimes when I hug her, I'm like, oh, this is real good. And with my kids, like I love them in like such a guttural way, but I don't like wake up like passionate about like my, my kids and like what they're doing every single moment of the day. Like it is, it is an up and down journey of that. Mm -hmm. And so I think what I has really set the difference is like, I stop chasing like the highs. Like there have been highs. There's moments where I wake up and I'm like, overwhelming swelling of love for this man. And like my heart is like still goes nuts for him, but it's the baseline that I love him by action and by choice. And that, and, and while this has been a controversial thing for me to say, divorce is always on the table. Divorce is always an option. So we choose every day to be in this marriage. And that is the most freeing thing I've ever experienced. Well, I think when that's a shared yeah attitude and a shared action then i don't think that's controversial because i think that's how both people should approach it because i think when people get comfortable and content when someone doesn't think that someone will ever leave yeah you've trapped that person they're like oh well they're never gonna leave so i don't need to put effort in i don't need to try love is action love is showing up is choosing that person like that's that's what happened with with me is that yeah. I, I wasn't feeling seen or yeah. heard or understood or or supported. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't being chosen. I yes. was coming dead last all the time because that he never thought I was going anywhere. So yeah. why would he have to? Yeah. And I, I felt on the other side in my first marriage, if divorce wasn't an option, then I felt very caged and it made me sad and it made me less of myself because I felt very first, I never thought who I was genuinely would ever be accepted in that relationship. So that was something that I, I was just a very guarded human as to who I was and my interests and things like that. So 
I think that divorce being an option has made me feel both free and intentional. Mm -hmm. And so we both have, like, I'm actually here in LA right now because he's down here for work. And I like just basically followed because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'll take a free hotel, but we're doing our totally separate things, our totally separate jobs. And we're literally just laying beside each other in a bed at night. And that is the most beautiful thing in the world because it's not about the big stuff. We're not going on big vacations and lavish things. We have a lot of life going on right now. We don't really have a lot of time for that, but we still make time for each other. Sometimes the most we have is just like, he will always like just hold my hand at the end of the day. Like he'll just like grab my hand. We don't even say words. And every morning, like there's just things he does that I'm, it's so interesting. He's also never made a comment about my body, which at first pissed me off because I was like, can you say something? Oh. But he never has. And he's just always like, he'll just always tell me I'm beautiful, but he never makes it tied to something. Just that I am beautiful to him. It's not about what my weight is or what I look like. And I think when I've struggled with my body, he's just always looked at me and been like, but but it all makes so much that you're healing. You just had a baby. Like all of these things make so much sense. I wish you could just see it that way. But like when we first started dating, I wore a t-shirt in the bedroom. I was like at my lowest weight possible and I wore a t-shirt in the bedroom. And uh, now I get on top with a belly that hangs over and it's like good, right? <laughs> like I've, I've, I, the more I accept myself, the more the marriage is is rich. And I think that that's why there has to be so much work within you as the human before there is work in the two of you as a union. And I think that in order for me to be in a really good, successful relationship, we need to be fulfilled individually mm -hmm. and then come together and understand that like love is action. So yeah, I'm not going to love my body every day and feeling, but I can show up with it in action. I'm not going to always love my kids, but I, I pick up after them and I make them meals and I tell them I love them and I make sure that they're, that they're taken care of. And my husband, like the same way, like I love him in action. It's not always like overwhelming feelings. And I think a lot of times when people get frustrated in relationships, it's because, or they feel like they don't have the perfect one, it's because we're just really feeling like we need to have that feeling all the time. That said, I also think that anybody in a relationship who feels like it's at their at its end, like knows it. They know, you know, you know, you know, you know, and you're yeah. just waiting, you're figuring out how to tell everybody else. That's, yeah, you, typically I get these messages and they're like, so this is how I'm feeling and this is that. And how did you know? How did you know? Because I'm feeling like the same way I'm feeling. And they'll kind of like make a list of things. And I'm like, well, it sounds like you've answered your own you question. Know. Yeah. All I can say is that you got to be brave. Yeah. It takes bravery. Mm -hmm. It does. And I think it's, I think I messaged you when I saw you get divorced or like I make the announcement because I was like, I know what this takes. I know how much this takes. And I I did it on a, on a platform, but not maybe as widely broadcasted as yours. But that ability to step forward and step into yourself and echo out into the world, like what your needs are and how you're meeting them, I find it very inspiring because I, again, nobody gets divorced for no reason. Yeah. And like so, we said on your podcast, and no one wants to get divorced. Nobody wants no one to wants, get divorced. Nobody wants to make those announcements. It's not like a baby or no. uh, an engagement. It's not a, it's not. Yeah. A, a the joy. why doesn't matter. Like yeah. the why doesn't matter. I, I have always related it to a car crash. <laughs> nobody God. was in the car with you. Nobody is, nobody knows. All they're doing is rubbernecking mm -hmm. and asking the question, who was at fault? But ultimately, they are all driving past you and they're moving far down the highway. Eventually, nobody will talk about it anymore. That's what got me through 
the worst, when everyone was saying the worst things about me through divorce, all I remembered was one other woman that I knew who had gotten divorced and how everybody talked about her, but that it was three years later and nobody was anymore. And I thought if I can just bear through three years, nobody's going to talk about this anymore. It's not even going to be a thing. So I I mean, we're watching people get divorced in real time. Celebrities, I'm like, my entire newsfeed stuff is about like Tom and Giselle. Mm. And I'm like, she can't, she's like going on a vacation and people are like, oh, her jujitsu person is like coming with her. And like the woman's like a single woman now. And we need to look at like what she did was big and brave and bold. And like it commands respect, not sympathy, not sadness, not anger, not you should have done better. You should have done more. We have to just support. I think we need to support more women who are like making the bold, big decisions to like get up and make that change because it's very, very, very hard. Yeah. Men are revered for it and women are not. I I, <laughs> I mean, men get away with it. Maybe they're not revered, but they get away with it. They No one thinks twice about it. No. But I can 100% agree with that, that yeah. I'm been far more scrutinized yeah than i mean I, I have a lot of support yes but it's it is so revealing by friends and by people that we know and just general public that the the kind of feedback i've gotten has yeah. been interesting women are some. trained to be nice and to be nice is to yeah. be quiet to stay small and to just and even if it's not intentional that's what happens like it's if you were just a little, could you just give them a little bit more time? Could you just try a little harder? It's not up to us. Basically, you could have no reason in the world to want a divorce and you still deserve to get one if you want one. But the reality is most people are getting a divorce because they actually really need it. And that Mm -hmm. it, it just needs support. We don't need all of the buzz and all of the extra. And we also need the room and space. I'm happily married and I will still weep over the reality of what divorce, what, the, the the event that it was in my life. And that's why I'm so passionate about talking out loud and sharing about the experience because I think everyone thinks that once you've gotten a divorce and you've moved past it or even like in a new relationship or gotten married that like somehow the trauma of that thing is just gone and it's not. Well, I think they also think that when you are the one that asks for it or you are the, you know, dumb yeah. or dumpy, that you were the one that wanted it. Yeah. So it's like, oh, like I, I got what I wanted. I won my prize. Like, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Still heartbroken. It is, it's just because I'm the one that initiated all this does not mean that I'm not broken heart. Does not mean I yeah. don't sit in my bed and cry my eyes yeah. out because I miss this person and love this yes. person so much. It makes it even more hard because I'm the one that had to make the decision, mm-hmm. the impossible decision that they were never going to make because they couldn't love me enough mm-hmm. to make me want to stay. They couldn't choose me enough out of everyone in that room to make me want to stay. Yeah. So I didn't have a choice. Yeah. You didn't have a choice. So, yeah. So I'm, I was, I had to pick me. Abandon, your your choices were to abandon yourself and to choose him mm-hmm. or to choose yourself and, and get abandon up and go. I, yeah. I lost yeah. in both scenarios. Yes, you do. I and lost, nobody wants to, I nobody was, wants yeah. to acknowledge that. I was going to lose myself yeah. for the rest of my life or, you know, for my future to stay with him. Or I was going to lose him. That's actually what made me leave was that I recognized for the first time that I thought I was trying to hold it together and like sort of falling on the sword for the family. Mm. But the reality was that I was creating, you can't live with a sword in your back. So I fell on a sword and here I am like trying to live a normal life. And my children in real time had to witness 
what was emotionally and mentally their mother dying. We can talk about divorce as being like a choice that we make, but it is a survival choice. I I felt like that knife come out of my back the moment I walked out. And then it was just working through that wound of what it did and working backwards. My children now, like one day I came downstairs and I was dressed in something. I don't know what it was, but my son came in and he was like, whoa. And I was like, what? And he's like, you look like old mom. And I was like, what's old mom? And he goes, <laughs> like the how you used to dress. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, I don't, what am I wearing that's different? And he was like, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. It looks like old mom. And I was like, okay. So the fact that he was probably like eight at the time, the fact that in his brain, I'm two different people goes to show you what healing and what taking that sword out of your back and not holding it all together for the sake of everybody else does. We all walked out alive. Like my ex is still living his life. I am still living my life. My children are still living their lives. We're just not in union to do it. We are still just separate humans that are now healing and growing very separately from each other. And like, that is our success story. Oh, wow. With like a bird's eye view of like the past, I don't know. So it's been- Since I got divorced? I left in 2015, so seven. Seven years. So with a bird's eye view of everything, like what do you think is the biggest takeaway or what, what do you think has been the biggest thing you learned about yourself? I think ultimately that everything that I was worried about had everything to do with everybody else and nothing about me. I was like, truly, that's what held me in place. And it was felt like it was so big and it was never going to get smaller. And now I look back on it and I, and of course it's easy. And for anybody listening, who's like, maybe in that spot of like, I feel this inkling, like I feel like I'm supposed to go. I don't know how to take the steps to do it. It took me three years between the words, I want a divorce and walking out the door. Mm-hmm. And it's taken seven years to get where I am today now. That rebuild though is so beautiful because you you go through it not all new. You're not just restarting your life. You have everything mm-hmm. you've ever learned about yourself and you collectively go and you build a stronger foundation for your future. You're not gonna make the same mistakes again. I know that's the fear. I know you're like, what if I get it wrong? But the reality is, what if you get it right? And what if, even if like the marriage I'm in now, for whatever reason, only lasts another five years, what a beautiful time I've had in between. How much I have learned and how much I have gathered. I just wish I didn't feel like it was this big thing that I was never going to get through because that's what held me like small and in place. And life, I compare it to like if it, if it was a train track and there was a train, it was like pushing a train off its tracks. And the second I decided to take that chance on myself and on life, it was like the train just got on the tracks and went click, 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 click. Yeah. It was like within, it was within a year, everything came into place. I mean, I had a job that I could only dream of. I met somebody that is now my husband. All of these clicking moments happened, but they, it was like life was waiting and it was there and mm-hmm. I just had to choose it. And unfortunately, until then, it's like a lot of effort to make everything work. It's not that that marriage wasn't going to move forward. It just wasn't going to be good. It was trying to force a train off its tracks. Yeah, I I can relate to that big time because I feel like, yeah, I was like trapped in this little thing and I was trying to like grow or swim yeah. and I couldn't you can't it was, was like I was you know but then the minute I got out of it I was like oh yeah I can spread my wings it's a beautiful thing <sighs> well I feel talking to you makes me feel like I have even more optimism on my future the like, sandwich shop is good. gonna happen the romance the potter <laughs> and the sandwich maker <laughs> oh my god I can't believe I said that 
Oh, I, I love it so. No, but I love, I love that. it too. I think more people need to be inspired to to let themselves be that way. Let themselves be romantic about life. Fuck the men if they're not romantic back. Wait for the one that is. If anything, I've been bold. Yeah. I will say that. That's so and awesome I, though. And I think people should be Even bold. in the face of like potential rejection. That's the worst thing that can happen yeah, if somebody the, says no. The worst thing, because someone can, like the worst thing that can happen is someone can say, no thanks. Yes. And that is okay. That's the worst. Yeah. That is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fine. Then you just go on to the next. Yeah. <laughs> slide into the next Potter's DM. <laughs> anyway. So normally I do rage text of the day, but because it is the holidays, I want to keep it light. Okay. Keep it, you know. So what is your Christmas wish? Oh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to keep it so simple. I want like a white Christmas. I want a beautiful, I'm in Canada. So obviously I can't wish that for you. But <laughs> I wish for, oh man, damn it. I should have used it on a, a romantic storyline for you. Okay. Well, anyways, I wish for a white Christmas and for <laughs> Kitty to have a romantic Christmas holiday movie story. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's going to happen. Oh, I'll take it. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Let everyone know where they can find you and when your podcast comes out. Yeah. So you can find me on the Birds Papaya on Instagram, on TikTok and all of the things. And yeah, I don't know when your episode and my episode's coming out, but you can listen to the Papaya podcast and you're coming on there and I grill her on all the things. So <laughs> you can come listen to us chat over there as well. But yeah, over on the Birds Papaya, mostly in stories. So just find me there. Oh, perfect. All yeah. right. Well, thank you, Sarah, so much. It's thank so you. good to see you. And then everyone else, until next time, love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, follow along on social at Music Kills Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode. 